day and welcome to another great message from Mr. Christian Outreach Church. We pray you'll be inspired and equipped by this teaching. For more information on Noosa Christian Outreach Church, please check out our website at noosacoc.org.au. Enjoy. How's it all going? Could someone pull those couple of boxes off over there, off those lights? If you if why don't you uh, if if you're on the other side of the hall, why don't you stand up and have a bit of a have a bit of a, a sticky beak at this amazing uh, ship over here? And uh, one of the one of the young kids in our church, he's built that. That is a uh, a Darth Vader's star destroyer from the movie The Empire Strikes Back. And uh, it's a wild bit of gear. Where is he, Dave Zapini? Why don't you stand up? Let's just honour this guy for a second. He's going to come tell us. You can have a good look at it later. It's 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 worth a look, and uh, that's what um, that's what three years of every night not watching TV looks like. And, uh, but here's the thing, church. Each of us has a perspective of God, and with every perspective of God comes a burden to carry, a battle to fight, and a weapon or a gift to yield. You have a perspective of God. I have a perspective of God. Dave Zappini has a perspective of God. And with it comes a burden to carry. And let me tell you this. The burden of the Lord is always people. It's always people. If you think you've got a burden for the environment, no, you've got a burden for future generations. So we protect the environment. If you've, got a, if you've got a burden for film, you know, if, you've, if, if it feels like you've got a burden to, to create film, no, you've got a burden for people to experience the story of God, the redemptive story of God. If you feel like you've got a burden to make a lot of money, to be in business, you know, that, that's not your burden. Your burden is to be the provision of God to people who, who do not have that. So your job is from your perspective of God, discover who your burden is, not what your burden is, who your burden is, what the battle is within that burden, and what your gift or what your weapon is to yield. And I want to suggest to you this morning, we're going to, I'm going to invite Dave up in a second. He's going to talk to you a little bit about what he's been up to while you've been watching um, The Bachelor or I don't know what you kids watch these days. I find it interesting sitting down at lunchtime in the office and listening to what the department heads of the church watch on TV. And uh, let me tell you, you're in trouble, church. You need to pray for your leaders because they're watching some rubbish. Just kidding. They're, they're wonderful. You have a perspective of God. Embrace it. Embrace your perspective of God to the point where you go on a mission to discover who your burden is for, what your battle is, and what your weapon is to fight it, what your gift is. So this morning, I'd love to invite Dave. He's going to, before he comes, this, this Star Destroyer, uh, Darth Vader Star Destroyer, the, the evil leader of, um, of, the, of the, um, the bad guys in Star Wars, 
it, it come, it's, it's synonymous from the Empire Strikes Back movie, so we've got a little bit of footage just to give you some perspective of which ship we're looking at. Do you want to roll that? Okay. There you go. It's Star Wars in church. It's a beautiful thing. Dave, why don't you come? Let's, him, let's welcome him as he comes and shares for a few minutes. Let's congratulate him on some seriously amazing work too. Well done, Dave. There you go, mate. Bless you. Well, good morning, church. How are you? Looking good, looking good. Well, thanks for that uh, warm welcome. I've got to say, that was extraordinary. I've got to say, I'm not very touched. I've never had that before. This is the first time in my life that I'm actually standing here in front of a church and I'm going to be saying something. I know I'm over there on the, uh, playing the trumpet. That's okay because <laughs> yeah, I don't have to say anything. But for the first time in my life, here I am, right here now, about to share with you what God's been doing for the last few years of my life to this very moment. What you saw up there um, is, uh, of course, as you know, Star Wars. What's over there is a replica, the model, Super Star Destroyer, Darth Vader's flagship. That is scale size. That's the actual size of the model they use for the movie. It comes in at 18 kilos. Um, there's over 28,000 individually cut pieces placed on that model. It's not a kit. It's completely scratch built. There's three metal spines down the center of it. So it doesn't become like a banana. You don't want that when you're filming something. You want it nice and good. But that's, uh, that's the, what we call a static model. It's not designed for filming. It's not designed for real lights or anything. It's for display purposes only. And uh, that's basically what you see. And underneath it is a smaller kit of a Star Destroyer in scale with it. Now, the idea is, and if that was a real thing, that model underneath it is one mile long. So that Star Destroyer is 12 miles long. It carries over 250,000 stormtroopers. It carries um, about nearly half a million of TIE fighters. The whole lot. This thing can take out an entire star system, according to the Star Wars uh, universe which is a lot of work. <laughs> and, of course, I just wanted to say on that very last bit where you saw it go into the Death Star, that was a sad moment for us uh, model makers and for the uh, Empire. So, <laughs> But uh, a few years ago, um, God did a lot of great miracle work in my life. He saved me good and he saved me very well. That's another testimony in itself. And um, he resurrected a lot of things that were destroyed. And one of the gifts and talents I did have was on a professional scale model maker. I mean, also a cartoonist as well. And, um, but I'm not intellectually minded. I don't know anything about math, science, or anything like that. I can't do that. But all the gifts and talents I've got are here in the hands. When I played the trumpet, for example, over there, I don't know anything about notes. I can't read music. I know nothing. I don't even know when, when uh, James talked about bridge. I don't know what that is. <laughs> in the mirror. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But when I put it up there and I just pray for the anointing, the God moves. It's on the fingers, I feel it. I don't know the words of the song, but I feel it in the songs. I feel it in the music. So when the worship comes, God just goes straight in and the fingers just work. I feel it when I'm up there and then God just uses the instrument and, uh, oh, you just feel it. It's beautiful. Do you like it? Is it okay? The trumpet's good? Yeah? yeah. That's good. Not, not that I'm up here and you to toot my own horn or anything, but, uh, <laughs> you know. By the way, I've got uh, copyright on that saying, so it's mine. <laughs> Because no one else in the church is better, right? Amen. But, then, but the other gifts and talents I do have, and one thing that God has resurrected over the last couple of years during the construction of this thing, he opened all the doors. It's amazing. The Bible says, when you've done all, stand. When you've done all, stand. And two years ago, God opened the doors for me to build this because uh, you know what I can, I'm a model maker. 
Two years later, there it is, it's finished, and I'm standing. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, all the doors are opening. Unbelievable. Josh and uh, Jamie, all there, and Anthony, all helping. And there it is. I didn't do anything. There it is. It just happened. But without any noticing, all of a sudden, uh, the uh, director of Supernova rang. Just rang. He directed everything. He's given me, for the next three weeks um, at the Supernova in Brisbane, prime real estate right in front of the Star Wars exhibit in Brisbane where 50,000 people are going to come past and see this thing. 50,000 people. And uh, praise God. That's it. That's God. That's God. But the idea is all of it, as Josh was uh, saying for the last few weeks, what's, what's the motivation behind it all? There are hundreds and millions of people in the, in the Star Wars, Star Trek, the science fiction community. They are extraordinary people. They know everything about the, the force, everything, more than we do know the Bible. Don't underestimate them. Their dedication to these things are amazing. They are incredible. If God can get hold of that and bring that dedication by getting saved and filled the Spirit of God into this church, they take a nation like that. They will. But the question is how they're going to know Jesus, how they're going to see him. Well, sitting in the church is not going to do it. We've got to get out there. All right? We've got to get up, take our gifts and talents, and get out there and show them Jesus. Not hearing about it, I want to see Jesus. I've got over thousands and thousands of people looking at it already, and 50,000 people looking forward to seeing it. I've even got people coming up from the Gold Coast coming up and looking at it already. Establishing a relationship with those people. Okay, they're into Daleks, Star Wars, Doctor Who, Star Trek, everything. They love it. But when you establish a friendship by bringing the gospel in there, you, you're making a contact with them. That's my heart because they need Jesus. They need Jesus. It's an entire thing. You have gifts and talents right here and now. Whether it's painting, whether it's uh, building something or a science something, you've got it. God is screaming to your hearts right now for the unsaved. Screaming. And he wants you to rise up. He wants to use this today as an encouragement for every one of you to bring your stuff a bit. We want to encourage you and see what you guys can do. So you can take it out there and see the people get saved, fill the Spirit of God, and bring in here into the church so they can see their families get saved. Next thing you see a city. Next thing you see a town, a state, and a nation. And the nation. That's it. That's how we're going to do it. But the need to see. The need to see. And that's, uh, that's what I believe it is. So um, that's what it's all about. And after, I'm going to come back later again, probably in a month's time. I'm going to take, uh, Anthony's going to come down with me to Supernova. We're going to film. And uh, you're going to see incredible people all dressed as Batman, Superman, you know, Wonder Woman. All these people, all the color, glam, they're around them. Their, their, their costumes are extraordinary. Just the sword alone, one of my mates um, is costing 10 grand for one of his uh, anime type uh, things. It costs about 15 grand for his suit. But it got, you know, done over in, in the, uh, Japan, it's over here, but they're excited about that. And so we're going to film that and everything like that, but it's a whole realm. I want to encourage you people to pray, to pray and seek God for what grace you've got, to encourage you right now to come and, yeah, and do your displays. We want to see what you guys can do because you're going to get extraordinary support from Josh, the team, all the way down to me. <laughs> it's going to be beautiful. And uh, it's, it, it's amazing. So you can get the encouragement, take it out, and then you could create clubs or something where people love your gifts and talents and they start coming. You build a friendship. You're building them. Next thing you know, you speak the right of the gospel into their lives. They will know Jesus. Amen? So come on down later. Come on, I'll stand here. Ask any questions you want. 
Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. And uh, why don't you really give it up for Josh, because he's the man, mate. So, yeah. Thank you. Bless you. So good, brother. Well done, mate. <laughs> oh, that was good. Anyone else wish their first time public speaking could be that good? Oh, my gosh. Unbelievable. Let me just flick a picture up on the screen. Let me introduce to you Ronald and Esther Collings. This week they celebrated their 80th wedding anniversary. They are Australia's oldest couple. Ronald is 103, Esther is 102, and uh, 80 years this week. Pretty impressive, isn't it? They've they've known each other since they were teenagers. They met... um, I think uh, Ronald was a chocolate boy in a cinema and, uh, and uh, Esther fell in love with him at the cinema back in, back in the, whenever that was, the 30s and uh, here they are now, 80 years of marriage later uh, and they were, they were honoured in, par- in the Australian Parliament by our Prime Minister this week and uh, pretty impressive stuff, hey. In Australia, they are our oldest couple, and there's only a handful of people around the world who get to be married for that long. And Mr. and Mrs. Fuller, they're close behind. That, um, and uh, you just got to get over. You just got to click over the, the centenary birthday, so you can get to the so you can get to the 80 years of marriage. Amazing stuff. You know, we were we were created to be relational beings. Aren't you glad that those 50,000 people going to that event that Dave was talking about called Supernova or Comic-Con if you're, from, if you're, if you're in, um, in the US. Aren't you glad that Dave wants to build a relationship with those people? Aren't you glad that he's, he's given up um, watching TV to go, and, to go and spend that time at night cutting each piece one by one? Do you want to see a little, tiny little bit of footage of him cutting some bits? You want to put that up? Wow. All right, that'll do. Come on. Isn't that unbelievable? Can you imagine doing that? Can you imagine the patience to do that? You know, our call is to demonstrate an alternative cultural attitude to the one around us. See, Dave, Dave, Dave sees this diligence of service in this bunch of people. He sees the diligence of study and the intricacies of, 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 of what the, these guys are into. And uh, he, wants to, he wants to serve it. And he wants to bring a different attitude. He wants to go, wow, that's so amazing that you know, you know, you know all these things about um, Daleks and sci-fi and all these sorts of, all, all these, these angles on life. And you love wearing Lycra without riding a bike and all these sorts of, you know, all these sorts of, these all sorts of crazy things that they're into. And he wants to, he wants to bring a different attitude toward culture. He wants to shift people over and say, can you imagine if that energy was in this direction, not an earthly direction, but an eternal direction? What an amazing God we serve. If we, and, 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 and that's what our call is. This morning I want to read a little bit of Christ's prayer that he prayed just before he went into that Easter season of the cross. And uh, you know, he reveals those things close to his heart. And it's in John chapter 17, if you want to turn there this morning. 
You know, when people are about to face uh, the end of their life, you know, who'd, who'd, lo- who'd love to have a chat with the Collings about life and marriage? Who'd love to have a chat with someone who's, who's been around with, with one, in, in one marriage for 80 years? What an amazing uh, conversation that would be. And here's Jesus. You know, he's, he's, he's about to face this amazing season of the cross. And then he prays to God and he unpacks these things. First he, first he prays for himself. Then he prays for the disciples. And then he prays for all believers. And we're going to pray a little. We're going to um, read a little bit out of, out of the, the third part of the prayer. But if you, if you want to see some wisdom in prayer, if you, you know, I, I've been with the elders. We've been um, reading this prayer regularly for the last few months of the year. And it, uh, it, there's so much in it. It's, you know, there's so much substance in it that, that God wants to bring to us. But this morning, we're going to talk a little bit about um, him praying for all believers. And let's look at verse 20 of chapter 17. It says this, I pray for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I am in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. Jesus' primary concern seems to be the depth of relationship that his followers have with each other. He wants us to have this amazing relationship with each other. He wants us to experience the same quality of relationship with each other that he has with his heavenly Father. Isn't that an amazing, uh, amazing consideration? We love this, this uh, me being in relationship with God. He wants you to be in relationship with your community with your fellow believers. He wants you to experience community like never before. And he goes on in verse 22 and he says, And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. He goes on, he, re- he keeps repeating, I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Here's the thing, church. True significance cannot be found alone. True significance cannot be found alone only in authentic community. You can't find significance in isolation. In fact, in isolation, you will always end up uh, becoming self-destructive. But significance is discovered in community. There are no self-made people in the kingdom of heaven. Emmanuel, God with us. Authentic church, church, is life-giving. Mutual admiration, selflessness, servanthood, support. You know, this is us breathing life into each other the way God breathed life into his creation. When you're selfless, you breathe life into someone else's thing. When you create a platform for someone else's vision, you breathe life into that vision. Who knows, we breathed life into Dave Zappini and we made him look very cool in front of his girlfriend as well. (laughs) We're powered by the fact that we are in relationship with the author of life himself. The Bible says where the spirit is, there is liberty or there is freedom. Freedom to have relationship without fear of someone else's weakness. Do you know what we fear in life? We fear other people's weaknesses. 
We sang that most amazing song this morning. I judge a song by the way it makes me weep in church. <laughs> you like that? Okay, that's a good song. And then I'm just getting over it. And then Christian gets up and says, let's sing it again. You know, and then... Yeah, and the... We're no longer, you know, we're, we're, we're not slaves to fear. What do we fear? We, we don't know. We, we, there's many things that we think we fear, but what we're fearing is the weaknesses of others. And God's saying, in me, you will not fear others. You will not fear the weakness of others. We protect ourselves. We keep things close. We keep our dreams close. You know, I could, we, we could, we, you know, if we bring someone like uh, Dave up here and he speaks about his dream, this is something that's been on his heart. Some, you know, he's cut one of those little pieces, you know, every however often for all those years in a row to get to where his dream is. And when you present your dream to the world, you're vulnerable, aren't you? You're vulnerable to other people's judgment. That's not Christian. Should be just out there preaching the gospel straight out of the Bible. There's no Star Wars in the Bible. Oh, God wants us to, to help each other on their journey. He wants us to go, wow, that's an amazing perspective of God each of us has a perspective of God and each of us has a burden to carry and Dave's got a burden that you don't have I've got a burden that you don't have you've got a burden that the person next to you don't have and every one of those burdens is not to model make it's not to sing it's not to play guitar it's not to be in business it's for a group of people God has given you a burden for some people Lord show us the burden today Give us a clarity of the burden that we're meant to carry today, Lord. And help us understand the battle. Sometimes we carry a burden and we don't know how to fight it. So we just come at it, you know, like a bull at a gate and we don't realise that there's a strategy. There's a covert and an overt strategy. Sometimes we've got to be public. Sometimes we've got to be coming um, from the background. And God wants you to understand that the burden that he's given you to carry has a very strategic kingdom battle to fight. And part of the way that you discover your battle is by discovering your gift. You know, I love the, I love the prophetic and, and, and I love the prophet Jeremiah as my favourite prophet because, you know, the man um, faced fear every step of the way. Pretty well everyone on the planet hated Jeremiah, especially those people he was giving prophetic words to. And, and here's the thing. Jeremiah had a prophetic word for, for a group of people. He wasn't a prophet. He was, he, his, his, sorry, he was a prophet, but his, his burden was not for his gift. His burden was for that group of people. Who am I meant to bring this word to? And predominantly he was bringing words to the kings of, of, the, of the nation of Israel and Judah. You've got a burden. You've got a battle to fight. And you've got a weapon to wield. Verse 21 says that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. This is the thing that, I, that Jesus is saying to us. Jesus is saying to us that the credibility of his whole life message in the eyes of the unbeliever, in the eyes of the rest of the world, depends on the way we relate to one another. Can you believe that? We can have these great services. We can sing great songs. We can, we can have an amazing property. We can have these beautiful, you know, 
um, indigo lights aiming down, making me look a lot more holy and all these amazing things happening around the place. But the world will only know the credibility of Christ's story, Christ's life, by the way that I relate to you and the way that you relate to the person next to you. We think about what is a spiritual moment. Oh, that was a, you know, I, you know I, love, I love singing in worship and having a moment with God. And, and the battle that we face is, is how can we make more moments in interacting with each other spiritual moments? We have those moments when, we're, when, we're, when we have a burden for a relationship. God wants us to have a burden for a relationship today. He wants us to learn how to love each other. He wants us to learn how to relate to each other. You know, salvation reunites us with the most authentic relationship possible, us with our Heavenly Father. And he gives us the equipment to have relationship with those alongside us. And as we look at God's relationships with each other, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, we learn how to relate to each other. And here's the thing. As we said, our relationship with each other is the criterion that the world uses to judge whether our message is truthful. What's the world's issue with the church? Basically, that we're killing each other that we can't agree on anything, that we, that we treat each other badly. Why do they look at that? You know, they, they don't see, they don't see the, the, what Christ asked us to do. They don't see us loving one another. We see us, they see us seeking God for our own fulfilment instead of uh, seeking God so that we can be relational experts on earth. God wants you to be a lover of humanity beyond your physical capacity. My capacity to love people is, is limited. But when I take on this anointing, when I take on this burden of God for, for relationships, my capacity is huge. Dave could build this, this um, flagship of Darth Vader over here. And he could just say, wow, look at those thousands of people on YouTube um, who are watching me build this thing. I'm down at the, at the um, event, Supernova. And people are just patting me on the back. I'm amazing. I've got my $15,000 sword and, I, you know, and, my, and my outfit. And here we go. And I am now a legend in the sci-fi world. No. He's allowed God to shape his burden away from seeing that his gift is his calling to seeing that people are his calling. Isn't that interesting? It's amazing when we shift our vision from where, where is your burden? Is your burden... Is your burden in your capacity or is in your burden for a relationship? This is the stretch that I think God wants to bring us today. He wants, us, he wants to highlight some things. He wants, he wants us to understand that it is in community that God intended us to live life. Some of you have ideals around life that are romantically created in isolation. They're great ideals, but the, the reality of them is, has to be lived out in community. We're always looking for the system, aren't we? We're looking for the system of, 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 of how to do life better. We're looking for, for what it is. But in, in reality, God says, what I want you to have is shared experiences with me. The greatest thing you can do is have a shared spiritual experience with someone else. And that spiritual experience doesn't mean you're sitting in a church service singing the same songs arm in arm and just saying, wow, how good is the Lord? That may be it, but it's, sometimes it's being out there 
in life. When someone's having a bad day and it's bucketing with rain and you give them a hand to start their car and you, and you, and you say, look, just let me pray for you, brother. And, and then off they go and they may never see you again. How can I make every moment of my life spiritual? By making the people in front of me the burden of my life. By making the connection with people the burden of my life. You see, we don't need more things to attend. We provide you with too many things to attend in this church, as you can tell by Christian's announcements this morning. We don't need more things to attend. We need the life-giving benefits when we connect regularly in a meaningful way. When we connect in a meaningful way, that's a spiritual experience. We need to redefine what a spiritual experience is in our lives because when, when God gives you a burden, he, when he gives you a burden for relationships, he's saying that's where the experiences are going to be. You're going to have plenty with God. That's a, that's a given. But your, your, your relationships with God will intensify when your burden is for relationship. Community provides to our souls what air provides to our lungs. You see, we all create, we all carry a significant purpose in this community. There's going to be burdens for different things in this community and that's as we, as we learn to carry our burden inside the church and outside the church. You know, God's given Dave a burden to bless you with his, with his trumpet um, and in, in the church and he's given, he's given the community a blessing of blessing the sci-fi community with his, with his gift outside of the church. And in that, his intention is to love people. What's your burden for this morning? What's your burden for this morning? You see, authentic community creates thirst in a watching world. We can do many things in this church, but the greatest of exploits, our vision for this year is those who know their God will be strong and will carry out great exploits. The greatest of exploits is a healthy community. It's the stories that we tell each other. One of our board members, Ben Maddenholm, swam for 12 hours straight last weekend for charity. Christian took his, his little, his, one, of his, one of his mid-range girls, Pepper, up to um, Cairns to run in the state championships this weekend. What are the things going on in your life? You know, what, and how are the things that you're doing giving you an opportunity to have spiritual experiences with people along the way? See, we're always looking for the experience, you know, the, the event to be spiritual, not the relationship to be spiritual. And God wants us to shift our thinking, I believe, this morning to say our, our relationships are the core of our theology. How are you living out your relationship? How are we figuring out how to be one as God is one with Jesus? And with the Holy Spirit. Will you partner with him to make his prayer your reality? When Jesus prays something, when he's praying something for all believers, I just want to tap into that and say, Lord, draw me into it. When he prays, you know, we can be like a disciple and we can be like a believer. When he prays something, sometimes we fit in different boxes of, of, of the Bible and God's challenging us this morning. Will you partner with Jesus on the prayer that he prayed? Let me tell you one little story. 
You may have heard me talk about Howard Moskowitz before. He's a psychophysicist. Psychophysicists measure things. And Campbell's Soup hired uh, Mr. Moskowitz to reinvent their spaghetti sauce. Now, Campbell's Soup made, makes, has made spaghetti sauce for many years, and one of the core things that they did was it was all about the greatest spaghetti sauce was about adherence. Does it adhere to the spaghetti? When it sits on the top, does it adhere to it so that when you pick up some spaghetti, you also pick up some sauce? And they were doing very well, and that was an amazing thing. And they hired Howard to help create the perfect sauce that would inspire the taste buds of a generation. So he varied sauces and ended up with 45 different types of sauce. And then at the end, he got it down to three that were the most popular. Plain, spicy and chunky. One third of all people in the world or who were in that study craved chunky sauce. Prior to this, no one was making chunky. Here's the amazing thing. Campbell's went on to make $600 million out of chunky sauce because, it's, because uh, Moskowitz started measuring things. He was asking, before Howard Moskowitz, people were asking people, what sort of sauce do you want? And they said, we want sauce that adheres well to the pasta. No one ever said they wanted chunky sauce until, Cam- until Moskowitz put it in front of them He put the sauce in front of them and from that point they decided that they liked chunky sauce. This is a spiritual moment this morning. You see, here's what's spiritual about it for you and me. One of the keys to relationship and community is not to ask people what they want, but to love them in different ways and to watch which one of them makes them come alive. Sometimes you need to love people a different way. Sometimes you go, man, I've been trying to love this person and they just can't break through to them. And you keep giving them things and, and, you know, you keep giving them stuff or you keep hugging them. You know, Luke Brundle keeps hugging me and he doesn't realise, you know, that I I just want to shake hands and walk away. It's too much, you know what I mean? Sometimes you need to love people in a different way so that they can come alive. And sometimes people do not know the way they like to be loved. Sometimes you do the five love languages and you go, I just, I don't know, I think I like them all. Sometimes you don't know your love language until someone loves you in a way that makes you come alive. Let's be all things to all men. Let's learn how to love people a different way. Some of you need to stop hugging people. Some of you need to start hugging people. Let's enjoy the idea of, of not about this is the way I love people, but instead trying to help people come alive by what they need in that moment. God wants us to learn how to have a burden for each other, not a burden for our, our way of doing things. This is my way of doing things. It's not always about that. Sometimes it's about who is this person in front of me? Maybe I can turn them on, switch on their, their, them in their, in their relationship with God by loving them in a new way. Sometimes you need to build a star destroyer to love people. Who knew? Moskowitz would say this, the mind does not know what the tongue wants. 
You see, we're always looking for the universals. What's the universals of spaghetti sauce? What's the universals of loving people? What makes the best church services? Let's go to church planting school. What makes the best business? What makes, you know, what, what, how do we interact with the sci-fi community? We're looking for the system that, that um, is, the, is the fail-proof way to love people. And God's saying, no, I've given you my Holy Spirit, and why don't you be open in the moment to loving people in a new way? And watch them come alive. When we look for universals in community, we're doing ourselves a massive disservice. God's called us to embrace the diversity. Embracing the diversity. See, God treats every individual differently. Listen to this. Abraham was asked to sacrifice his son. Joshua walks around Jericho. Moses went into the wilderness. David plays a harp and dances. Paul writes letters. God wrestles with Jacob. He argues with Job. He whispers with Elijah. He warns Cain. He comforts Hagar. Gideon has a fleece. Peter gets a new name. Elisha has a mantle. Jesus is stern with the rich young ruler. He's tender with the woman caught in adultery. He's patient with his disciples, gentle with children, gracious with the thief on the cross. God never grows two people the same way. God is a hand crafter, not a mass producer. He's growing you differently than the way he's growing me. He's loving you differently the way he's loving me. You get to hand craft your relationships with each other, church. Let's learn to love people in a diverse bunch of ways and see what makes them come alive. The way you grow, the way you love, the way you learn, you were never meant to live in functional isolation, you are meant to live in authentic community. Our goal for this church is for it to be an authentic church, not one that just has uh, services that inspire and direct you into, into, off into your life and feel good about another week. No, that we carry the burden for each other. We carry the burden for our community. We carry the burden for specific people groups all around the world that God has called us to love in a different way so that we can make their love for God come alive. Each of us has a perspective from God. It comes with a burden to carry, a battle to fight, and a weapon to yield. Why don't you stand with me this morning, church? Father, we ask this morning for clarity in our burden. Give us clarity of who, Father. Give us clarity of those people. Give us clarity of that person in front of us. Help us to see the battle, Lord, and help us to sharpen our gift, our weapon, Lord, so that we can make a stand, Father. We can make a stand for your, for your truth, for your substance, and for eternal life. This morning, for each person in this house, I ask that you stir them, Lord. Encourage them, Lord. Help them to see a new way 
Help them to revive those burdens that have been in them before, Father. Help them to, to, to refocus, Lord, from, from, the, from the function to the relationship, Lord. Lord, may all those gifts and talents you've given us, Father, be redirected, Lord, into the burden for some people, Father. So we give you glory, we give you praise, and we give you honour. Now, church, this morning, as we do each Sunday, we open out. We call this area the altar because it's a great opportunity to come before your Heavenly Father and surrender to Him. Sometimes you're, you're, you're walking through different seasons in life and you need to surrender in different ways. Sometimes you, you're not even in relationship with Christ and He wants you to surrender your life completely to Him. If that's you this morning, we'd love for you to come. Some of you have had a burden without clarity for many, many years. You've been seeking, you've been searching for something all these years and, and you, you're looking for fresh clarity. We'd love to pray for you this morning. Some of you are broken. Some of you need healing. We'd love to pray for your healing this morning. Sometimes we just, get, we just need to be stirred in our hearts in a new direction. Sometimes our perspective of God gets a little bit dull. We need to stand with a brother and sister and ask them to help us stir up our perspective of God that we may love in a new way to see people come alive. So we're going to sing our last song, church. If you, after the service, go and have a look at Dave's great creation and have a chat to him about, about how you can cut small pieces of plastic for the next five years to create the Millennium Falcon or whatever, yours is, whatever your ship is. Let me pray for you. Father, we go in your name, for your glory, by your grace. Lord, we thank you that the redeeming power of the cross is alive in each of us. And we accept it, Father. We accept that we were no longer slaves to fear, Father. That we are your children. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on.